Molly Jong Fast is here on Too Close to Call today. How's your midterm election hangover, Molly? <laughs> um, you know, I'm like very up on these midterms because I feel like uh, it was a time when the American people, I feel like with the pundit class, myself included, really underestimated people and their desire for decency. And, um, you know, they voted for what they cared about. And I thought that was incredibly exciting. So I'm feeling really good about that. So our listeners and watchers or viewers know Molly's the host of Fast the Fast Politics podcast. She's also a special correspondent for Vanity Fair. And she recently wrote a column because we're, we're now in the takes business here post-election. Everyone's writing their takes. She wrote a column that said, well, it was headlined in Vanity Fair. Voters are smarter than the media. The pundit class misjudged the, the American people. Caveat, which voters are smarter? Caveat. <sighs> caveat. Well, I will say, I'm going to take a little humble brag here. My right. map was perfect. Oh, wow. Good for I had, you, I, man. I called every race and I had Georgia going to the runoff. Nevada was my toughest race. But in the end, I called it for Cortez Masto. I, I had a more balance and I had the Republicans barely taking the house. So I'm feeling very good. Wow. You really should be. So I, I, mean, like I, should, I should get a late ad in your column saying like, hey, there's a little guy after that got a little right. No, there are a lot of people. I mean, like John Ralston in Nevada. There right. are people who and he kept saying she's going to take it. And everyone was like, no, I kept DMing him like, really? I was like, because everyone else says she's not. And he was like, no. And then. On election day, he said, you know, there's not enough votes. It has to be mail-in. So he, I mean, I think my, what I'm trying to say, which I, I don't think I hold back enough to focus on this, but really this was a victory of like, or at least the case I was trying to make was that there are people uh, who are local reporters who are ultimately maybe more useful then the pundit class uses them. And and I think it's a mistake, right? They're not, you know, the problem was there was too much media on media kind of uh, think group think and not enough like, let's talk to John who's in Nevada, who's seeing what's on the ground. Like, for example, the reality was, you know, Cortez Masto was saved by these unions. Absolutely. Right. And if you had been on the ground, you would know that the culinary union wasn't changing its mind. And so you could see. I mean, so those are things that I think we could have had more of. I I mean, it's hard to ignore Ralston because I've been in Washington now a dozen years. Right. He's called every race right. And I was I was skeptical this time. I got to admit, mm -hmm. I was like, man, because the other thing, the other component of this is the Republicans have the psyops where they're so confident. They were so right. confident. They were so I mean, they were like, we're going to have 54 seats and we're going to have right. we're gonna gain 50 seats. Their 60 level seats in the House. Yeah. 60 seats in the House. Yeah. Right. Their level of confidence was so high. It took me aback to say, all right, rein it in a little bit, even though there's a lot of nuttiness in their with their candidates, they must be seeing things. I mean, I had right. people on Oz's team confident they were now I didn't pick Oz, but they were in my ear every day I would do calls. We're going to win. I'm going to bet you breakfast. 
Yeah. So it was a psyops thing that I think affected the mainstream media. Don't, don't you think to well, sort of detail what was really right in front of us? I mean, I think, look, there's a lot of anxiety, right? Because everyone was wrong in 2016. Yeah. So, and then in 2020, while the presidency went the way most of us thought, a lot of those Senate, Senate races were way off. I mean, remember Sarah Gideon leading by eight points right. in Maine or six points. So, I mean, I think there, you know, so then in 2022, there was like this kind of, of trying, you know, that we're weighting MAGA voters heavier. You know, we don't know what the, met- and the reality is none of us know what the methodology for any of these polls is. So, you know, we know there's weighting, but we don't know what the, how the secret sauce is made. So, I mean, maybe you do, I don't. But, um, but, but I do think, so I think there was a lot of like anxiety and you didn't want to, be wrong and look stupid. And it's funny because it's like I would be interviewing people for my podcast and I would say like, well, you know, if Democrats lose the House and I would be like, I'm an idiot. Like I should be saying when everybody says when, you know what I mean? So I think there's a lot of that. So you also wrote um, in your piece for Vanity Fair, not only did the media misjudge the electorate, they also miss, they also underestimated President Joe Biden, which you said you had before. Oh yeah. You, so you think, this is where I'm going to take a little bit of a, a different take than you. You think that this was a validation of of the Biden presidency thus far? I, you know, again, I'm not sure. I, I'm not. I, I, I feel like what I know and I think what we can glean from this midterm is that uh, voters have their own weird thing they're doing. Right. What I would say is that from my experience, you know, I thought in. 2020 when you know in the run-up to 2020 that to that election uh, when biden lost those two and i wrote this for the washington post lost those two primaries i thought for sure like this guy's never going to be able to do it right and then he went on to sweep and like i thought for sure like i just think there have been so many times in my own writing about this administration where i've thought you know like with the student debt that thought debt stuff i was like well maybe that'll work maybe it won't and then with the marijuana stuff i thought oh that's is that even or should he even really be doing that and that you know and those two things like galvanized young voters so i'm not sure honestly like i'm not sure what is happening because there are certainly so many factors in play yeah i would contend that it a lot of the internal data that we're getting, and we're going to get more exit poll data. Right. In come. I mean, obviously we got to run off in Georgia to get through. They're still counting ballots in California, but I would contend that it wasn't really a Biden win. And if the American voter was sophisticated enough to separate the candidates on the ballot this time versus however they felt about the president, which is not the norm. Usually right. midterm right. are referendum on the president. This is why this midterm is so weird. And I think will be right. studied for decades, but and also the return of split ticket voters. I mean, that is I was like, there are people don't do split ticket anymore. They're too polarized. That's never going to happen. I mean, that was a shock, too. Yeah. And I went back and just watched and listened to like the Democratic Senate campaign messages and like what they talked about in their races and like Cortez Masto, Maggie right. They never mentioned Biden. They didn't want him in their state. The only place he campaigned that was a battleground state was Pennsylvania. He went there at the end with Obama. And that's sort of Biden's home state. You know, he remains unpopular. And there was an exit poll that said 60 percent of 67 percent of voters 
who voted in this election don't want to run for president again. So I feel like, of course, the Biden administration is going to take right. a big lap and say, hey, he did better than any other president. He beat Obama as far as a midterm. He beat Trump. But I I think sometimes we overinterpret the results and then they get applied to the next election. And I think they right. get hockey to say the same voters that voted you know, against Kerry Lake in Arizona and against Dr. Oz in Pennsylvania are necessarily going to be for Biden in 2024. Yeah, I mean, look, this is we are in this weird period now, right? We've just had this midterm election that has blown all of our minds. Now we're in this run up to the 20 to this 2024 um, general we already have Trump. I mean, this is the thing I was talking about with Mary Trump on my podcast is like, so we have Trump has already announced, right? So now the, the world, you know, all of the donors, all of his media people or, you know, the sort of more mainstreamish conservative media people have rejected him just like in 2015. How do you, but the reality is if the base wants him, you won't be able to prevent him from being the nominee, no matter who- Likely. Right. So even if the National Review and look, I mean, I, you know, I, no one is less of a fan of Trump than I am. But like you have to be clear eyed, like there is no there is no mechanism to stop him. And but so Biden did. And I guess that is the case for Biden running again. Right. He's the one proven entity who has defeated Trump. Every other Democrat, no matter who it is, if it right. was someone other than Biden, they would be a little bit more of a risk. And the question. And I think the question is more like, if is it his normalcy and his quote, for lack of a better word, you know, boringness? For example, you saw in Wisconsin, Tony Iver, Tony Evers said that he ran on being boring, yeah. right? That he, right? I mean, mission accomplished. Right, right. He's quite boring, but he won more than in Wisconsin, where you know. Ben Winkler, Winkler was saying they were going to win by one point. He won by three or four points. I mean, so like it was a smart strategy. So, I mean, the problem is because we're in this like post, 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 post apocalyptic weirdness. I don't even know how to how you would game out 24. So I'm seeing now a lot of progressives sort of cheering that, you know, you can already see the cracks in Trump's coalition. Right. He announces People are already sort of shitting on him. People that were on his team last time, they're saying you shouldn't do it again. You should have at least waited. This is going to be insanity again. I'm wondering, as an influential progressive, right. do you think it's would you wouldn't you rather have Trump to, to run against, or would you rather rid of him? Would you rather would you applaud his defeat in a primary, sort of taking down the king and having you know just for the country's sake to get rid of him and have a, sort of a more mainstream Republican to run against, or are Democrats making a mistake sort of getting too excited at the demise of Trump when it would be in their interest right. to run against him again? Well, that's the $24 million question. And I actually had, I wouldn't say a fight, but I, you know, I, I was a little bit, you know, I, with Carvel, I was saying, well, you know, to James Carvel, I was saying, well, do you really think that it was smart for Democrats to support these anti-democracy candidates? You're set, you know, how can you be pro-democracy if you're trying to game the system in the same sense? Like, you know, 
I, I mean, some of those, I mean, like a Carrie Lake, I mean, she did not believe in counting election results. I mean, she basically said, you know, Arizona is not going to make that same mistake again. Um, and that's not a direct quote. But uh, so so I, I in my mind and again, I think of myself as like on the left, but but not, you know, I, I would say I'm I'm you know, I'm on the left on the opinion side, but I'm you know, I'm sort of very pragmatic in in. Re- your I'm old. I'm old. So that, that, you know, so, but, um, but, but what I would say is I, 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 in my mind, democracy should be number one. So I would not want, and I, and also the other thing is like, we have seen you underestimate Trump at your own peril. Oh, and sure. yeah, I mean, the man was polling at 1% in 2015 and then he and was he president. Got, and he got real close in 2020, more close right. than many people wanted. Right. You know, you talk, it's like 40 to what is it, 70,000 votes flipped the other way and in four or five states. And he's, yeah. he's in there. Uh, I'm wondering, though, we're going to now enter this phase where we're going to hit, hit the holidays. Biden has said he's probably running, but I'm going to make that final decision over the holidays. We're going to get a lot of coverage of should he should he pass the baton as Nancy Pelosi is passing the baton to another gener- the next generation? Should Biden pass the baton? Do you have a strong opinion on that, on whether he should be the nominee in 2024 or pass the baton? I guess there's no way to really pass the baton because then it would be a free for all in the Democrat. Well, that's the problem. I mean, I, I think that, look, I mean, I hope that it'll become more clear what happens I mean, I think it could go any number of ways, but, you know, he does have this incumbent advantage. He has been, you know, like, I mean, it's funny because Trump was in his speech. Trump was trying not to, like, say crazy racist things. He was trying to be like teleprompter Trump. And you could see like and by the way, what's so interesting about Trump is like Trump is bored by teleprompter Trump. Right. Like, yeah. 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 Like he's right. He's like and then. But, you know, one of the things he said was like that Biden had made a gaffe and said he was in the wrong place and had asked for whatever, you know, someone who had been dead and da, 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 da. And like ultimately Trump is guilty of all of those things. Right. Like you've seen Trump get up on the stage and do very similar things to that. Right. Like he said, you know, for example, during that speech, he said, you know, the decades and decades I was president or, you know, I there were no war during my decades. Right. Like so, again, like there is a question of like this guy runs against a guy who is you know, ideologically very different, but, you know, who the gaffes are on, uh, you know, are something that is problematic for both of them. So you have to wonder, like, if that maybe helps him. Again, I I don't know. I almost feel like we haven't, you know, there's just not enough to know what the, what, what it looks like on the Republican side. Stan Greenberg, the Democratic pollster, put out a poll that showed DeSantis beating Biden by four points, 49 to 45. Again, that's just a national right. poll. It doesn't, that's the <laughs> obviously you got to run in all these states, but you can see that DeSantis drums gaining steam just all across the media spectrum, especially yeah. Republicans. they're dropping polls showing he can beat Trump. <clears throat> but I would just say, you never know until you're in the field. You never know until you're right. mano a mano with him as Ted Cruz found out, as Jeb Bush found out, as Marco Rubio found, as Hillary eventually found out. DeSantis hasn't been in the fray with Trump yet. So, right. I mean, the other thing I would say about DeSantis is 
he's not a gifted politician. Like he's not, I mean, one of the things people say, and I mean, I don't, again, one of the things I want to say for my own sanity and for yours is that uh, even though Trump is good for ratings, he's bad for all of us. You know, emotionally, it's really taxing to cover Trump. And like, there wasn't a single person I knew who wasn't like, oh, um, can I curse? Absolutely. Who woke up on Wednesday and was like, oh, fuck. Right. I mean, like straight reporters, uh, opinion reporters, like we were all like, oh, fuck, like this again, you know, because it is it's emotionally taxing. He's very scary. And, you know, he's my mother into like crazy world. Where right. She- and anxiety all day sending right. text messages. Right. Like, and, I don't have that right now because Biden, right. as you said, boring. <laughs> right. And his people want to kill us. So there is, you know, there are there's no journalist who's like, yes, let's do this again. You know, well, all of there us might are, be a few. There's right. there, are, there are a few that I think have done very well under the Trump era. But, and the story is the best story in politics. Right. But most of us are just like, but oh, if you want a life, yeah. if you want to get a drink on Friday instead of right. sitting on Twitter. You don't want Trump running again because right. that, what he did was drop insanity over the weekend. And you're just trying to, like, walk the dog or have a cocktail. And it was like, oh, exactly. he might follow the attorney general. Right. Exactly. So so that's what I would say. Um, the thing about DeSantis, though, is uh, oh, what I was going to say was Trump is. And again, I don't want to compliment him, but he has charisma in yes. this kind of He's demented funny. charisma. Right. He's funny. DeSantis is not funny. Like no. DeSantis is smart. He's very tan. He's angry, but he's not funny. So, like, the thing is, you know, on paper, just like Jeb or Ted Cruz, like, you could see where they would be better candidates. But in the ring, just like you're saying, uh, you got to see how it goes. The other thing which I think is really important to remember is, like, if DeSantis is the only person who runs against Trump, maybe DeSantis can win the primaries. But and if that it's won't be. that won't right. be. there'll be someone else running. Right. And if DeSantis jumps in, it's hard to imagine that Mike Pence won't jump in. And if Mike Pence doesn't jump in, Tom Cotton and, you know, a couple of normal people and you could end up having Trump, you know, win the same way he did in 2015. Right. OK, finally, just to wrap on, is there a Democratic leader that you've encountered that you think is going to be someone to watch into the new years? Uh, 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 you know, someone that's ascendant, they could be in a state, in Congress, you know, in the national administration that, that you find impressive that that listeners should should cue in on. Yeah. Thank you for asking me that. I feel like we don't we we talk about like I, I'm I'm always like salty about this. Like, you know, there were like 100 pieces on like Casey DeSantis. She's so beautiful. Her hair is so gorgeous, you know. Ron won by so many points. And then you have like Gretchen Whitmer, who like got kidnapped, you know, almost got kidnapped, <laughs> won re-election, flipped the state house, has more one Democrats. Hu- one huge, huge double digit. Right. Huge double digit. I mean, so like, you know, while they were doing a trial on her kidnapping. So like, you know, um, there are other um, I think that I actually think what happened in this election, which is like the the story that that is sort of the under undercard that people aren't talking about, is like the Democratic bench grew exponentially. Right. Because you have her. You have Wes Moore, who is like I went to the same prep school as him. That guy is unbelievable. Oh, so You know him. 
Yeah, he wrote. I mean, I didn't know him from growing up, but we because he left. But like he is, um, you know, he was the head of um, the Robin Hood Foundation. So he's very, you know, he could raise a lot of money. He's quite smart. He's an incredibly good writer. You know, that's a person who is like, you know, he was a Rhodes Scholar. Right. So like. You could see, and now he's a governor. So, and he flipped a state hat. You know, he flipped a he flipped a governor seat. So, like, it's a small state, but like, you could certainly see him being a you know a new star. I mean, Fetterman, Josh Shapiro. You know, there were a lot of like candidates where they, if they had won, you know, where I thought to myself, well, if this person wins, they could really be somewhere in a couple of years. But if they don't, which I had was expecting they wouldn't because I was told that there would be a bloodbath, uh, red wave. Um, you know, I thought, what a shame all these talented people aren't going to win their seats. And so they did. So I do actually think that this was in that way, a very good election for Democrats. I mean, again, you know, you never know how someone's going to perform on the national stage until they're there. The class of 2022's impact on 2024 and beyond will certainly be something to watch. Yeah. Fast. Thank you so much for doing this. You can find you on the Fast Politics Podcast and in the pages or online at Ben Fair. Thanks for coming on to Post a Call. Thank you for having me. This was so, uh, so good.